Hello, my friends, and welcome to the DDP for the seventh day of June. I'm Paul White. Thanks for joining me. You can find all kinds of great material. If it's been a while since you've been to our website, go check it out, paulwhiteministries.com. And we are very close to opening a new portal, um, which will be a donation-based portal. And behind that um, paywall is the word usually is used. Um, I guess that's what it is. Behind that will be access to some never-before-released teaching, namely our walkthrough of our first book, the 2011 release, Revelation to Transformation. We did um, a lot of videos. I don't even, I don't have the total in front of me, and I'll get all that info together soon, but uh, a lot of videos walking an audience through that, and you can be a part of that audience. There's also other things that we've never released before, teaching format videos, and we're adding to it all the time. We hope to have that up in the next couple of weeks, and I'll give you more information as we land on that. We're in 1 Timothy chapter 4, and we're finishing the 8th verse today. Paul said, Bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable for all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. And as we promised yesterday, let's talk a little bit about what kind of godliness that we could exercise, what that looks like, in light of the message of grace and the finished work. The statement I made yesterday, I I don't know, uh, let me qualify it, or I'll say it again and then let me try to explain what I mean, which is in light of the message of grace, things like spiritual exercise and spiritual disciplines are not taught a lot. They're not talked about a lot. And I think it's out of fear that we're going to reintroduce some sort of performance or works I go into a lot of grace seminars and conferences and get around a lot of churches of grace and for whatever that's worth. I'm not crazy about titles, but you know, that's what it is. And I hear a lot of sermons on identity and I hear a lot of sermons on righteousness and a lot of sermons on forgiveness. And those are great. I don't hear much on spiritual discipline. And when it is mentioned, it's usually always mentioned in the negative. It's mentioned as representative of the things that the quote-unquote religious world are trying to put on you. And most of the time, the caveat is included, which is they're trying to tell you you got to do this stuff to get God to forgive you. They're trying to tell you you got to do this stuff to get God to give you favor. And that's, that's a correct statement. People, there are a lot of places and churches and teachers and ministries that do exactly that. They teach you that you've got to do X, Y, and Z in order for God to forgive you or bless you or sanctify you. But we don't talk a lot about those things being necessary aside from forgiveness, favor, anointing, blessing. In other words... Is it the disciplines themselves that are a problem? Or is it the teaching that the disciplines bring righteousness? You see, that's Paul's understanding of the law. He doesn't conclude in the letter to the Romans that the law was the problem. He concludes that it ministered death when you viewed it through the eyes of Moses. You know, his Second Corinthians letter is that it's, it ministers death when you go at it through the Moses way. But when you approach the law the Jesus way, you don't live the law to be righteous. You love out of the law. That's fulfilling the law. This is not some reintroduction of the law. It's simply to say 
But it's not a bad thing to say to someone, hey, you shouldn't murder. You go, well, that's in the law, so don't say that to people. No, what you don't say to people is you shouldn't murder and by not murdering, assume that makes you righteous. (laughs) That because you don't murder, you're better than people that murder. Well, you might be socially more acceptable, but you're no more righteous. You're no more forgiven. You're no more blessed. You're no more favored. You're no more anointed. Yes, all of those things. Okay, then what good are the spiritual disciplines? If bodily exercise does a little bit, and in Paul's context, it at least helps your physical man, then spiritual exercise helps your spiritual man because it has a promise of the life that now is and that which is to come, we don't practice godliness as in asceticisms, shredding stuff away from our life so that we'll be more godly. We realize that we're already godly in Christ Jesus. What we're doing is practicing the godly practices because we are godly. And now, those disciplines can look like different things, but it's a pretty good idea to pray. It's a pretty good idea to give thanksgiving, to praise, to dwell on what we were told to dwell on in the New Testament, the things that are of Christ. And we do that through the Scriptures. It would, Or at least that's part of the way that we do it. These don't always even come easy. And if you can't just wait around until they come easy. So we pray, and we pray sometimes without feeling like it. You go, well, then that's a work of the flesh. (laughs) It's a work of your physical man having to pray, but it's not a work of the flesh as in opposed to the Holy Spirit. And so in our exhaustion, sometimes we pray. In our need, sometimes we give. In our lack of excitement sometimes we study. These are disciplines in the same way that I put my running shoes on and go outside and run in the morning. I don't always want to. Some days I give in to the don't want to. Most days I ignore the don't want to and I do it anyway because it needs to be done if I want to be able to run. And those are important physical aspects. So why not the spiritual? We're talking about your eternal man. You're not making him eternal. He's already eternal. So exercise the things that make this life look more like the one that is to come. Godliness is profitable for all. Having a promise of the life that is and that which is to come. And then Paul said this is a faithful saying, worthy of all acceptance for to this end we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who's the Savior of all men, especially those who believe. I'm going to save that for tomorrow because there's something there in verse 10 that uh, is an absolute and uh, an absolute gem, and we'll do it tomorrow. I'll see you then. God bless.